Also brought a few friends with me. We'll meet them in a moment, in case you're wondering. What do you think? Right. Let's pop that down there for a moment. Okay. You come around the other side there so you can see the pictures. Okay, guys? See the back? Good. Guys, this was the most amazing statue that anyone had ever seen. In fact, it was about the size of nine-story building. Absolutely massive. It was covered in pure gold. It had been commissioned by a guy called King Nebuchadnezzar. And now that it was finished, he called all the people together, all the leaders of the land, all the royal officials, all of them were brought in before this big statue. And the king sent out a message to every one of them, and he told them that when the music played, that they were all to bow down before the golden statue. However... If anyone didn't bow down, there were consequences. And the consequences were that they were to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar was always obeyed. He didn't make rash promises. When he said he would do something, guess what? He did it. So... As soon as the sound of the horns and the pipes and the drums were heard, all the people from all over the nations, the the different races, the different languages, they were all there and they were all bowing down before this huge statue. That was all except for three people, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You see, they worshipped the one true God and they refused to bow down before this statue. They refused to worship any other God other than this one true God. Now, they may have got away with it, except someone ran to the king. You see, these three guys, these three young Jewish men, they weren't liked very well, and the royal officials, they ran straight to the king, and they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, you'll never guess what, king, these three people haven't bowed and worshipped your statue. Do you know how the king reacted? Think he was happy? Not happy. He was extremely angry. He flew into the most incredible rage. So what he did, he said, get me those three men, call call them over to me. So the three guys were brought before the king, and as they stood before the king, the king yelled at them and said to him, I cannot, is it really true that you haven't bowed down to my statue? Do you know how impressive that statue is? Biggest one around, yet you didn't bow down. Don't you know who I am? I'm King Nebuchadnezzar. People don't disobey me. Yet, you didn't bow down before my statue. Who is going to save you now? 
these three men boldly spoke up to the king. And they said to the king, they said, the Lord God of heaven, he will save us. He is going to save us because his power is so much greater than your power. And our God, he will save us from this fiery furnace. But even if he chooses not to save us, we will worship him anyway. And we will not bow down to any other God or worship any golden statue. Well, didn't bode well for them. The king's face was just going redder and redder. It, it looks as if he's about to burst. He was just so angry. He could not believe that these people had defied him. It, just unbelievable. In fact, he turned to his officials, to, his, to his, his strong men. He said, tie them up as tight as you possibly can and turn that furnace up seven times hotter than it's ever been before. Now, we weren't able to get Shedrick, Meshach, or Abednego to be with us this afternoon, but fortunately, we do have an artist's impression of them on balloons. Now, as you can see, this is Shedrick. You can tell from his hair, the S. Meshach, obviously. Pretty obvious. And then, of course, this must be Abednego. Now, they are being tied up. And they, and, but, now, the other problem we have, due to health and safety, I wasn't allowed to bring in a full furnace this afternoon. I know health and safety gone mad. Can't help it. So, you've got to imagine furnace. Now, little disclaimer. Don't play with fire. Don't use matches without parents. Don't play with fire. Okay? Covered? Yeah, happy? Good. Okay, so, anyway, these strong men, this is the guard, not very nice. These strong men, they tie up Shedrick, Meshach, and Abednego. But as soon as, as soon as the strong men go near the flame, what's going to happen to them? They, they get burnt up. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to the small kids. They get burnt up on the spot and the fire went out, which wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> In here. So how on earth are Shedrach, Meshach and Abednego going to be able to survive this fire? I don't think they've got a chance. What do you think? So as they come over to the fire and they stand for the fire, what's going to happen? Look at that. They're able to stand in the middle of the fire without being burnt. It shouldn't happen, should it? It just 
shouldn't happen. In fact, the ropes are burnt off them. These guys are able just to wander around, quite happy, just chatting to one another. The fire is intense, and yet these guys are not even being burnt. In fact, King Nebuchadnezzar, he stands to his feet, and he looks at the furnace, and he says to his officials, how many do we put in there? Three. I I thought there was three. But look, I'm counting one, two, three, four. Four. Can Can anybody else count four? One, two, four. There are four people in this furnace, and one of them looks like a god. You know, he was absolutely right. Because God was with them in the fiery furnace. God was there with them, looking after them, protecting them. God was saving and rescuing them. In fact, King Nebuchadnezzar shouts to them. He says, he goes as close as he dares to, to, the, to, the, to the furnace, without getting burnt. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, Oi, Bendigo, come here, come here. And, and, and they walk out of the furnace and people are absolutely amazed. They cannot believe what they have seen because... Because their hair isn't singed, their clothes not burnt, they don't even smell of smoke. And the king says, he says, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel to rescue his servants because they have been so faithful. Because They have been so faithful. They risked their lives. They would not worship or bow down to any other God. They chose to worship the one true God. And their God, the God of heaven, has saved them. I wonder what does it mean for us to put God first in our lives today? What does that look like? I'm hoping, I'm hoping for none of us we will have to face anything close to what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to face. I hope not. But listen, actually, in parts of the world today, there are men and women and young people who face exactly that. In fact, right at this moment, there's a, a young woman in Sudan who has been condemned to death because she believes in Jesus. Her only crime is that she chooses to worship the one true God. So what about you? What about me? What does Jesus really mean to you this afternoon? You know, we're really forced in this country. We can, we can talk about Jesus to anybody we want, really. We can, we can pray whenever we want. We can, we can read our Bibles any moment We choose to, but actually, when was the last time you chose to tell someone about Jesus? Maybe when was the last time you actually prayed outside a meeting like this or even opened your Bible to study it outside a time like this? Listen, people give their lives just to own one of these in parts of the world. I wonder how much we take this for granted. I guess the the true test of faith is how we respond when challenges come, 
how we respond when, when the heat is turned up, how we respond when the pressure is turned on. Guys, will you worship him no matter what? I want to finish this with four points, maybe a little bit more for the older folks here. There's a bit of colouring if you want to do, if you're feeling inclined at the front here, so do feel free. It's very age-appropriate, so you can, you know, if, that's not a problem. I want to just share four. Thank you, Mark. You coming for... Oh, no, he's going back, yeah. Um, <coughs> four thoughts just off the back of, of this little story. The first is this. We need to be willing to take a risk for God. To be risk takers for our God. Truth is, we actually can't avoid risks, can we? Risk is just part of life. In fact, we can, you know, our plans for tomorrow can be just shattered by a thousand unknowns. And actually, whether you choose to lie in bed all day or, or just decide maybe to go skydiving tomorrow morning, we, we all face risk. It's just part of life. But so often we sit in church and we get comfortable. And God has called us to be risk takers for his kingdom. God has called us to make some bold decisions to follow him, to be willing to stand up for him, to, to be willing to be really counted for him. Perhaps we need to be a little bit more like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and be willing to worship God, to give everything for him, to worship him with all of our hearts. And even if things don't work out, perhaps quite as we planned them to, we will worship him anyway. We will worship him anyway. Guys, if we want to see this church grow, we need to be willing to take some risks. If we want to see churches planted from here, we need to be willing to take some risks for the cause of God, for building God's kingdom here in Chester. And listen, that's going to mean that sometimes we're going to fail. Yes, the F word. I talk that much. But like failure is, is actually part of life. And it is better to at least attempt something and fail than never to try anything at all. The truth of the matter is that failure is only really a failure when we don't learn from it, when we don't develop through it, when we don't grow in it. Some of the greatest lessons are learnt when things don't go the way we thought they should go. And God often teaches us so much through that. Listen, if you want to see your friends and your family come to know Jesus, you need to be bold, courageous sometimes, maybe willing to, to lose a little bit of face or even look a little bit foolish occasionally. But guys, what are you prepared to do? What risks are you prepared to take to see God's kingdom expand here? What are you prepared to do? Are you prepared to be a risk taker for God? And my prayer is that we would be bold, that we would be prepared to take risks to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. 
The second thought I want to mention is this, that do not be ashamed of God. See, Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, do not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul tells Timothy not to be ashamed of three things. And this could be a whole sermon in one go, but I'm not going to go there, okay? Three points, very quickly. Don't be ashamed of the name of Christ. Don't be ashamed of the people of Christ. And don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, was Paul a particularly timid person? We don't know. We know he was young. We know, perhaps, that maybe he inclined to hell back from things. But listen, if, if Paul did not see this in Timothy, I don't think he would have spoken like this to him. Also, if Paul did not himself think, or at least be tempted to think of such things, I don't think he would have written so strongly a few years earlier, back in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it's the power of salvation to everyone who believes. And listen, if this was not a common temptation that each one of us can feel in. I don't think Jesus himself would have written in Mark chapter 8. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him. Listen, each one of us at some time in our life have been tempted to keep quiet, perhaps not to speak up, Maybe tempted just to hide away rather than to stand up for Jesus and to maybe in, in, in our school, in our in university, in our in our workplace. Sometimes just easier that way, just to keep a low profile. Listen, young people, and I'm not so young. We need to be bold for God. And listen, never, never be ashamed. Of Jesus. Third thought is this that we need to learn to live for an audience of one. I think the first people to first guy I heard say this was probably Rick Warren to mention this phrase, and he is absolutely so right. See, the only person's opinion that really matters is God's opinion. And yet so often we, we seem so concerned, what are people thinking about me? What are they saying about me? You know, and and we, we can become so preoccupied by other people's opinion and, and, and get knocked down by criticism. Listen, we should only be concerned, what is God thinking? What is God's heart? What does God want me to do? And we must be concerned only for his will and his purposes in our lives. Again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they worshipped the one true God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, with all of their strength. They were willing to take a risk. They were willing to give their life for God. But they were also willing Even though God saved them on this occasion, they were willing to die for him, to give everything for him, and they still chose to worship him anyway. 
they still chose to worship him anyway. And I wonder sometimes about myself if everything that I love was just stripped away. My business was gone. My work. So often our identities in our work. If, as a church planter, it's gone. Church leader, gone. Again, so often we, we put so much identity of so much of who we are in, in that position. What if it was all stripped away from me? What if it was stripped away from you guys? Would Jesus be enough? He needs to be. He needs to be enough. Everything else gone, is he still enough? Listen, he is. And we need to learn to live for his, for an audience of one. Our God, our Savior. The fourth thought and the last one is this. We need to expect God to do the impossible. Guys, dream big dreams. We need to keep God at the very center of all we do. It, it, this, is, this thought stems out of this idea that we are worshippers through and through, that God, and we, we, have, we, we keep God at the very focus, the very center of who we are. But listen, we need to learn to dream big dreams, to expect our great God to do great things through us. I guess I dream. I dream about this church sometimes. I dream what will it look like in 12 months from now, in five years from now. And I dream that this church will affect the city in which we live. I just I dream that we will affect many lives. We will see many lives transformed with the gospel. I dream that we will literally see many souls plucked from the gates of hell. I dream that this church will plant churches across this nation. I dream that this church will affect nations. Guys, let's dream big dreams. The truth is that God will do exactly what you expect him to do. And if you expect God to do very little in your life, guess what? He will give you exactly what you ask for. So dream big dreams. And let the size of God determine the size of your dream, not the other way around. See, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God who protected them through the middle of this incredibly intense fire, they walked in, they walked back out, completely unharmed, is the same God who closes lions' mouths. He's the same God who divides seas and men and women can walk through on dry land. He's the same God who calms the storm, the same God who heals the sick, the same God who raises people from the dead. He is the same God that we worship here in Chester in the 1st of June 2014 in Freedom Church. In fact, he is the God of the impossible. And Jesus says, according to your faith, it will be done to you.
So how big is your faith? What can you believe God for? How big is your faith this afternoon? Begin to pray. In a few weeks' time, we're going to have on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening, we're going to have just a time to gather for prayer, for just for worship together, just to spend time in God's presence, just see and ask, what's God? How's He leading us? How's He directing us? Where, where's He taking us? But even now, begin to pray those prayers. Begin to pray big prayers and ask God for, ask God for the impossible. Start living. Never take your eyes off Jesus. And more than anything else, be worshippers of your King, of your Lord, and of your Savior. Learn to worship Him. Listen, all of this, all of this comes out of knowing Him, of your heart absolutely given over to Him. Let's stand together.